When you're an entrepreneur with a great idea, it can be daunting to find funding. Startup Raven takes the process out of your hands by helping entrepreneurs connect and learn about potential investors all in one place. Without any long-filled forms or thousand questions, Sign up for early access at StartupRaven.com. Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast from Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Today I do have Peter here with me. Hey Peter, how you doing? Hey, hey Joe, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. We may add that you have been a guest in my podcast before. We link, uh, so you run multiple companies. We link down here in the show notes our interview with Pythia. The AI startup, as well when you, as the interview of starting why you have been talking about how to run multiple companies at the same time. But today we are here for something else, um, because you guys are running a buy and build strategy. Now let us talk first a little bit about who you are and how you actually started this idea because you don't wake up one morning from a corporate job and say, hey, let's do a buy and build strategy. All right. So Joe, thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure and happy Father's Day, by the way. Yes, exactly. We are publishing this on the 18th of May, which is a public holiday in Germany and many states, as well as Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to everybody. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Joe. So, right. Um, well, to, to go back to your question. Um, so, yeah, I went into um, aerospatial engineering and, and, and economy when I was studying. So I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the corporate ladder. Did some internships in in some um, major companies, and um, but always had had the thing that I was too young. So everybody told me you're too young. You're too young to uh, for that job. You're too young for that job. So all the jobs I wanted were basically um, age restricted, at least in the in those uh, corporations. Uh, but I think it's a very widely common phen phenomenon. Um, so I was like, so how old do I have to be? I was 20, 22 at the time. They said like, yeah, you have to be at least 30 to, to run this department. Like, you know, un unrelated to whether, you know, skill or whatever, uh, you just have to pass that barrier. So I thought I can do this. Like I can just, just wait, no matter how good I become, just wait. So I decided to, to, to quit it. I mean, I think most people who want to found something need a little push at some point. I definitely needed it because it's a, it's a scary and highly unknown field to go into when you really, um, also my family has had, I had no background from, from home of, of entrepreneurs or something like that. This was like really something, um, totally off, but that was a good push. So I decided I could try some things. And then worst case, come back at 27 or 29 or whatever, 
and still cross the 30 barrier and then, you know, um, do, do the career thing. Oh, well, that's, um, I think a little over 10 years ago. So here we are. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy to do the job I do. So, um, I guess all in all, it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, first thing, um, was Dr. Severin, um, a beauty, beauty company, um, e-commerce, heavily e-commerce based, um, heavily Amazon based. And from there, after going through the German shark tank and everything more, more brand, more brands, um, we were created more brands. Um, on the same construct and concept, did some socks brands and, and they all, they all live still, um, today in our portfolio. But as you mentioned, lately we started, um, also adding external companies to our portfolio since, yeah, since pretty much one year now we've done, um, three transactions, um, due to the current pricing. The current pricing is very low on e-commerce startups, mm-hmm. right? Can, can you tell us a little bit how this actually gets in the whole strategy? So basically, you do have an AI company that helps you forecast the next trends in consumer business. You do already run a few consumer-facing, consumer-focused uh, brands on this basis. And you use some of the cash flow to actually buy more companies. Is that approximately how it works? That's a really good summary. Yes. So, right. Um, so I, our AI company basically consults consumer companies. And since we are running consumer companies, we're um, also um, using our own tool a lot, um, which fuels basically what it does is predicting trends through um, evaluating data, big amounts of data. And um, then out of that, you can build like products and services um, and you can calculate better, like whether the amount of people who need this are growing or are declining. And um, so we use that, yes. And to your question, we when we buy something, we integrated into our uh, processes, which are um, very standardized for all of like all the base processes, like logistics and, and supply chain and, 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 and website maintenance and all these things. Um, and we integrated into them into our base processes. And then um, we have, would have a brand manager um, taking care of the brand or, or a CEO, um, we put in place if they don't come with the with the brands we buy what first came to mind is something that is more or less similar to the people who are buying up amazon shops is something along this line like a buy and build strategy right yeah um, exactly so there has been this has been a trend for a while now um i think um for us it, it's not really um the same case because we are uh, we're just adding to our portfolio it was like it's just currently for us, it's cheaper to buy than to build ourselves. Click prices are very high, like starting something up right now. And, um, it's just the, the, the common question, make or buy. And for us, 
over the past 12 months, it was definitely buy because um, click prices, online marketing prices are high, but um, company prices are low. So you buy a structure that already has customers, that already has a certain SEO status, all these things that are quite uh, expensive to replicate right now, you get. Um, before that, it wasn't the case. Before, like, especially maybe 220, 221, prices for e-commerce companies were really high. Like, the multiples were through the roof. Um, so, same question, buy, like, make or buy making was was uh, was a better way for us. Now, for the past 12 months, prices have been dropping extremely. So, this makes more sense for us now. Uh-huh. Um, but this is not like our forever strategy, right? We're adding to our portfolio. We're making ourselves bigger, but as a opposed to the companies that do were specifically founded to do that, it's it's a slight difference. Also, we don't want to have too much Amazon exposure. Mm-hmm. We definitely prefer having the customer on our side, so we're doing the the Shopify way, basically. Mm-hmm. All everything we buy is um, we're looking at Shopify. Uh, based stores and in very rare cases we're then um, moving them to like our first our first transaction was non-shopify so we're looking at moving it um, over time uh, yeah mm-hmm. to shopify what first came to mind was uh do you have any idea what the forces are behind this meaning the marketing prices go up and the company prices go down is this kind of um a global shift in the value generation are the marketing entities what comes to mind are google facebook and so on and so forth do they become more powerful in terms of pricing than the e-commerce companies so well there's definitely a lot of uh, centralized power when it comes to online marketing um like meta the, the Facebook company, Facebook Instagram company, and and Google have have a huge share of of all the clicks delivered, and there is definitely also, even though it's not openly communicated, but there's been some leaks about pricing power uh, abuse, where the bidding system, for example, is rigged uh, on, on Google side. But without me being an expert in that, um, it's just uh, that that's definitely a fact. Um, also. Since Corona, I think a lot of more, a lot more players entered the online marketing space because there was no way to to advertise otherwise or to sell otherwise for a while. So, um, but prices have been rising since my career started by maybe times twenty or times thirty. Like two thousand thirteen, the same click we would buy back then for a few cents, maybe two three cents. Now cost us up to 150 or or more um, so prices have have been rising it's not it's not as cheap as it once was but on the other hand conversion techniques have gone better mm-hmm. um, and to close up on on your question I think there's a huge pressure right now on on companies um, from many sides like customers are a bit more shy than uh, they were over the past years. Um, general economy is, there's a lot of question marks. Um, financing has become tighter. 
So refinancing, especially business models that are have were built or are running on external capital flow, that's uh, definitely has been tightening a lot. I mean, interest rates have been rising, so that's gotten more expensive and tighter. So there is like a three three dimensional Bermuda triangle going on for for I think mm -hmm. a lot of companies, which is um, yeah, financing, like I mentioned, becoming harder and, and tighter. Um, the inflation making like uh, production prices higher. And can you translate those prices to your customer? Question mark. You need more working capital actually to to produce right now if you have physical products. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and number three, obviously, consumers being a bit more restrictive with their money because heating has become more expensive, all kinds of things where you look at the average consumer and you say, okay, this person has maybe $300 to spend a month extra after all costs and, and everything and has $300 just to go shopping a month. For a lot of people, living has living costs have increased by more than $300 a month. So all these people for example, who had 300 a month to, to spend now maybe have a hundred or zero mm -hmm. um, or minus 200. So you might obviously it, it, it's harder. So for example, just to pick Germany, I think heating prices and electricity prices per household have increased by, I think on average over 200, 200 euros per, per household per month. So, um, that's definitely, and, 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 uh, yeah, inflation wise, um, food and everything has, has become much more expensive. Um, so you have, a depending on the, on the living standard and the habits, you have a much higher base cost. So yeah. that's, that's a number three, which is really, um, tough for, for, I think for companies also for e-commerce. Um, and I think on the other hand, buying has frozen up completely. In many cases, we're the only ones bidding on a company. So this didn't used to be like this. It's a real buyer's market right now. Um, because I think, yeah, the number of transactions, um, has lowered, I think the, the appetite, um, also of our of the, of the companies that have been specific, specifically founded for this case that have also been struggling, um, lately. I think this is what causes this immense Delta between, between what your original question was between the, the click prices on the marketing prices and the company, company value valuations right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, on on the macro picture, the, the 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 mood, the available capital for the consumer is not as free uh, as it used to be. As much a free cash flow, free spending money as they used to have due to inflation plus additional worries. And on the other hand, um, the investors that would compete with you in bidding up the prices are currently not bidding. Basically, right. so as you said, this is a biased market. I would. I would be interesting. What terms of pricing are we talking about here for e-commerce company? I, I assume right now only in Germany. 
Right, um, but it is quite a global trend. So we're also looking at uh, a lot of um, targets uh, overseas. We haven't um, bought anything that's not in Germany, but we're keeping an eye on it already. So we used to have like eight times EBIT, mm -hmm. eight times EBITDA, like eight times earnings before before uh, taxes. So. Let, let, let's just say seven seven times profit, six, six seven times profit used to be mm -hmm. 2021 used to be a solid benchmark. There are definitely tons of cases that were outside of this. But for a proper business, if it's not big enough for it to gain, like, for example, Just Spice has got sold, I think, at 30 times sales or something or 20 times sales, 15, something between 15 and 30 times sales. So that that's a that's a different story, um, but basically this was the more or less the benchmark in 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 let's say in e-commerce brands that are between one million and five million revenue, mm -hmm. right? So quite small small. So now it's about two times. So mm -hmm. the price has declined by 75%. Um, or to put it the other way around, the multiples have, yeah, have, have dropped from eight, let's say eight to two. And what I think is, um, it definitely needed some adjusting to, to the current market, um, to the market circumstances. But I think, uh, you know, you could have halved the valuation would have been fair to my mind, but it has been halved basically two times from eight to two. Um, and I think that's why, uh, and that's basically the reason for us buying, because I, obviously you buy when you think the value is higher than what you pay for. Mm -hmm. right. You already made two, uh, three transactions, we've heard. Yes. Um, what are you looking at in terms of company, in terms of profitability, cash flow and revenue size? Right, so we're not. Uh, so we're looking at profitability um, first and foremost. That's our um, our thing because that's our strategy. To um, especially con maybe considering that there might be some some uh, windy and 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 stormy times ahead, we just want to make sure um, we have the profitability we need to also survive potential crises. Um, as a non-externally funded startup, you always obviously have a, an eye for for um, cash flow and, and free cash, especially um, like mm -hmm. free, free cash and, and solid earnings. Um, so that's that's what we look at uh, mostly. Um, having a solid business um, with that has uh, also a solid earnings, um, yeah, has solid earnings. So. But what we mostly look at is like what we call um, basically adjusted earnings. So a lot of the things we look at have have um, some, most of the things have some major issues um, or, or major, let's say, management mistakes. Mm -hmm. And um, repairing those usually leads to a much higher adjusted earnings. Um, like, like makes the adjusted earnings look way different than the 
and real earnings. On the other hand, if you have a founder or a founder founding team that is working their asses off, then you have you have to adjust your EBIT the other way around because if you have like two or three founders who pull like you know one hundred hour work weeks um, mm -hmm. or useful and and um, but pay themselves like maybe I don't know fifty k a year each, mm -hmm. then you definitely um, your the EBIT you're looking at is is not not the, the real one so. It, for companies in, in these sizes, like the adjusted, the adjusted um, earnings are uh, very much more important than the earnings on the paper because it's, it, you know, you don't run through compliance. It's everything is a bit more unprofessional than if you look at, I don't know, like a big corporate company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, are you guys really turning into PE investor here? Uh, I don't know where we might um, build a fund um, soon, right? But this is just speculation right now. First, we want to consolidate and and you know prove our our point of of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, so our our plan is if the market environment stays this way and prices remain more or less the way they are now, to continue buying up until late twenty seven. Mm -hmm. So basically, another rough four years from now, and to reach with our uh, buy and build portfolio to reach somewhere around eighty million in, in revenue and twenty million profit. So at that time, we, we would be much rather a fund than now. You think you can do this better than a private equity investor? Uh, yeah, and, and uh, not not better than all private equity investors. I um, I know uh, a few and have big respect for them. Um, and there are some really really good um, things going on there. But uh, what we have is basically the structure for that. So we don't need to look for an external um, CEO or whatever. We have all the processes in our house. We have built them all from scratch. Like from zero revenue, we have we have a, a high expertise in the company, and we have our processes have been basically market tested in a way that I think is hard to replicate. So this is also one of the reasons why we can offer for for the people who who are selling their businesses, we can offer them to mic drop. Mm -hmm. you know, this is something, and if people really want out of their company and are like, I can't, I can't stand being in this place for another day. This is uh, where we can come in because we have all the. It's always the same base processes, like I said. All these things: website maintenance, mm -hmm. supply chain, advertisement. Um, obviously, adapt to the to the product, but mostly, many many processes are the same. I think this is our advantage that we're playing. This is the hand we're the, the hand we're playing right now. So basically, you're you're currently looking. You only bought in Germany, but we already talked to you. You looked at overseas European Union. You also open to something like America, Asia. Yes. Yeah, so we're monitoring prices right now. Um, have been done. Have been doing this for a while. Obviously, it's easier for us right now to um, 
to buy in Germany because just like our home market, mm -hmm. but um, for expansion, maybe we'll, we'll look depending on the prices, obviously always. Um, mm -hmm. So for now, we're, our, our pipeline of targets is, is filled very, very well too well in a way <laughs> it's hard to keep up the flow because once you start buying all the obviously all the M&A brokers and everyone who's looking for the buyer which is hard right now are sending you decks mm -hmm. without end um, right so how many pitch decks do you, do you get like in an average month right now in an average month I would say about 30 to 40 without requesting any mm -hmm. if, if if we like for example we just bought a company like um, four weeks ago so right now we're not actively asking for new decks because mm -hmm. we, we were looking at buying like four targets a year max actually our, our benchmark for our plan is three per year so four is like just if there's a special special occasion um, To be able to integrate, I think we were able to learn a lot from the from the um, buy and build companies that have appeared over the last few years. Those Amazon mm -hmm. buyers and everything, um, we talked to a lot of them, and so we were able to identify some major mistakes that they have had to run through, and we don't run run through that. That, that one of them is. Like buying too fast, buying mm -hmm. too fast, not being able to integrate, not being able to consolidate properly. So, um, that's one of the major takeaways. And the, the things that I mentioned earlier, is the entrepreneur really the company or is the company working without the entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. So this is why speed and I think diligence are key to, to making this, this right, even though prices are low. Mm -hmm. uh Would you describe basically? I I would see like there's one acquisition company and there's a marketing team, there's a SEO team, there's a distribution team, there's a logistics team, yada yada yada. Um, basically, you plug in the new company, so you have one legal entity with which you're buying. Which one is that? No, actually, we're buying the companies as a whole, so they remain for mm -hmm. now. They have their own entity, mm -hmm. um, but basically, the the, the structure is the same and you you use one holding company mm -hmm. and then there is all the all the uh, entities below it mm -hmm. so the what's the name of the holding company gipq gipq okay um are you open to talk to other investors who like your approach because you just said oh well one day down the road we may turn erase a fund sure uh, sure so um Our, our current plan um, to, to reach our, our goals uh, at the end of 27 of, of uh, 20, 20 million in, in, in earnings and 80, 80 million in, um, in revenue, that um, is in need of an additional 8 million um, of an investment over the years. So mm -hmm. I think from our plan perspective, If we want to go this this far, otherwise we just buy from our own cash flow. So far, we just bought everything um, from our own cash flow and um, haven't leveraged anything. But it would take some leveraging or investment over the years to um, yeah to keep up. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, sure. To your question, we're talking to you already. Yes. <laughs> My next question would have been, uh, how are you funding your business? But right now we're still at operative cash flow from the other right. consumer brands. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is like the long term goal? We already know, like in terms of value, tw- uh, 80 million um, annual revenue in euros. 20 million in profits but what is like the strategic long-term goal you want to you want to ipo the entity at one point yes this, yeah. this is going to be the most uh or yeah or selling to a big uh corporate who is looking for um something of a of a strategic entity but mm-hmm. um i think the for us also like I think the most um, the 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 most probable way will be an IPO. Mm-hmm. I see. So uh, th- th- that should be a few years down the road. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, definitely after twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After twenty seven, I see. Um, you're talking about basically how I would describe it. You buy the e-commerce dip right now. Um. Mm-hmm. I would be interested. What's your outlook for the German and European economy? Since we, you have the goal 2027, do you see it only the economy, the e-commerce, the purchasing behavior going back uh, to to pre-corona levels in 2027? So that's a really. I think people smarter than me need to answer this question. Um, that's a really, really hard question. I, I'm really. It's really hard to predict macro, I think. Um, but definitely from what, what's possible to see right now is that households have more costs than they had before. And the, the, um, yeah, basically earning hasn't adapted to this, like salaries and, and all these things. So I think. For now, a little bit of a tightening in, in consumer spending is very is very likely to continue. I mean, the government is trying to make packages. You've seen it yourself. They're very small and very they're basically a drop on the hot stone. So I think this is going to take a while. And also, what is visible right now is that interest rates have hiked mm-hmm. a lot. And um, people have bought houses at high prices over the past few years. So that's gonna, I think that's also another stress factor uh, on, on, on consumers and on the markets. So especially if you have adjustable rates, um, that, that's going to be a really tough time, I think. So we, we are basically preparing for the worst. That's how we um, are running our businesses and um, hoping for the best, of course. Um, but it's hard to tell. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I cannot make a, a good prediction on, on this. But um, there are some factors that are definitely rough. On the other hand, there's a lot of things that are going good. Efficiency should be rising a lot. New tools are coming out. Are we able to cover this whole thing? The cover cover the bigger bigger slides with 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 efficiency 
Um, like, are we come, are we able to keep our keep a certain growth, um, a certain healthy growth um, through efficiency? Maybe efficiency options are definitely rising over the past few months. You definitely have heard and talked about it. ChatGPT, MidJourney, all these mm -hmm. tools, insane efficiency increases. We see it in our company. We've more and more processes are being taken over by AI in our, in our company. I basically have always have two tabs open, one for MidJourney and one for ChatGPT and do most of my work and try also, also it's a basically a mandatory thing in our company to try to um, do as many tasks as possible. At least 50% is the current benchmark of your processes with these tools. You can write your email with it. You can write your product description with it. You can write your, your, your text, your, your presentation, your whatever or not. Um, you can make uh, design concepts. All, all day long, you can do 50 design concepts in a, in a day easily. It's, it's insane. It's, um, it's something that I, as an entrepreneur have obviously always wished for. It's like having a, a magic wand in some way, like having, having a Harry Potter magic wand in your, in your hand and being able to immediately produce what's on your mind. I mean, at least go a much bigger distance from your mind to put it on the, on the road. Um, so that's, that's pretty great time. So maybe that that will cover some of, some of the, the holes. We'll see about it. Um, our interview today is um, sponsored by the European enterprise network. They're based here in Frankfurt, Rhein-Main in Hessen. Um, did it help you in any way to be based here? What do you, yeah, what do so, you think and like about the local business environment? Right. So, um, the, especially the institution you just mentioned, um, is, um, definitely one of the really good things here. There is, there is, there's community there. It's growing also. There's hubs and everything. So, um, I think the, the local governments and banks have also, um, made big efforts to 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 push this forward to push uh the region forward um so i'm i'm, I'm quite happy with being here otherwise we would have moved already so um yeah it's a it's a good region to be in it's a lot of access to a lot of things and berlin is not far for anything more special so we're we're good. We're also like very central between Munich and Berlin and, and, um, and Dusseldorf and, and Köln. So it's, a, it's a really good place to be, I think. Also enough talent for what you're looking for. Now talent could definitely be, there's a lot of competition here. There's a lot of good companies in the region and there's a lot of competition for talent. Um, so we have. Yeah, we have a lot of people who work from other places, but hiring here is actually somewhat tough. Yeah. Um, if you would have something like a wish in terms of addressing the decision makers here in the state, what, what would be your like number one priority for this? Probably building more um, 
building more accelerators and incubators. Yeah, I think that helps a lot for a region as a whole. I think this grassrooting is, is, is really something. We also started in one and a lot of the companies that were founded there in our time are still around. And I'm, and, and, and I built my professional network together with these other people who were there. So we still have a really strong bond because we started off like we're so small and, 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 and young and, and, you know, we talked so much late into the night. We're sitting there and, you know, all, I, even though it was really different businesses, everybody was founding, there was so much in common. Obviously, how do you hire? All, all these questions, which bank do you take? Which, what, where do you find investors? I mean, all these questions are, are, um, are common. Um, you have in common, even though the business might be different. So this, this was really helped me like understanding what is an entrepreneurship? What is, what is this? What is that? It also it was the first time somebody said, Hey guys, you're a startup. I was like, what? Are we a startup? We're a beauty company. I don't know. Is this a startup? Yeah. Cause you were selling online. Oh, well, okay. So <laughs> then I guess we're a startup. That's cool. Um, so a lot of like you get the first, you break the first ground. I think it's, it's really important. Right. I see. Um, I, I would have a lot more questions to actually bother you with, but uh, don't worry, we'll do it in another interview. I kind of have the feeling that we'll have one in the future again. Um, right. Everybody who would like to reach out to you, they can go down here in the show notes and directly reach you via your LinkedIn profile. Um, are you guys currently hiring for any of your companies? Could you share a, a careers website link with me? Right. Well, we, we are hiring, especially what we're looking for is new partners to come around or along since we're growing so fast. Um, we're, we're handling this a little bit like a law firm or something like that, like with a partner structure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're looking for partners who are from the more from the analytical space, but also are able to do hands on um, things like, like, um, COO roles and stuff like that who really like this management part and stuff like that to deploy things. Um, this is, uh, this is what we're really looking for. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. So thank you very much for your time. Everybody who'd like to learn more, go down here in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're watching this, or go to our medium blog, medium forward slash startup rate minus IO. And there you can learn more. Peter, it was a pleasure to have you again as guest and hopefully yeah. see you soon again. Yeah, one more sentence to the last point. We're also accepting open, just open, um, open letters in sense of just send us who you are and what you're doing and um, we'll figure out a role, maybe. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty good. Right. Okay. So, well, Joe, thank you very much as well and have a very good week. YouTube. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. That's all folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.